Welcome to the TW2 podcast, and it's a special one for this year. It's the first episode of our launching podcast, the Prem 15s and 15. You probably remember us from the 2021 Rugby World Cup in New Zealand. And on the back of that, we've decided to track the Prem 15s in 15 minutes on a weekly basis. And I'm not here to do it alone. I'm joined by James Price, Imogen Ainsworth, and his new name is Fergus of Mainland, I understand. But he's here as well. <laughs> A new podcast with many exciting sections such as Matt's Moment of Merit, a friend of the pod. He's he's joined us up on this one and he'll be giving us a minute of his thoughts on what has happened in the week. But to kick us off, James, we've been having an exciting round six of the Prem 15s um, this past weekend. But what what does the log look like since, well, we're like halfway into the season already. We're a little bit late to the party, but we're here anyways, aren't we? Yeah, well, just to give a quick rundown of the table and where we're at. So Gloucester Hartbury are sitting happily at the top, six from six and six wins. Uh, Exeter Chiefs, Harlequins women and Bristol Bears make up the rest of the top four. Uh, Saracens are in fifth, but they are pushing their way back up the table with their internationals back in place. Sales Sharks had a really good start to the season down in sixth. Then we've got University of Worcester Warriors, Loughborough Lightning, and then Wasps and DMP Sharks down in ninth and 10th, unfortunately not quite able to get a point yet. And that's where we're at after round six. That's where we're at after round six. And you talked about the return of the Red Roses for Saracens. Imo, how has that impact been in terms of their performance this past weekend? Well, they obviously played DMP. So you know, DMP didn't manage to get a win all last season and they still haven't managed to this season. And I think we kind of knew Saris would put in a big performance, but they had... Uh, Marley Packer back as captain, Poppy Cleal, Holly Aitchison, Jess Breach made her debut, um, Leanne Infante was on the bench, Zoe Harrison at 10, and they had a massive impact for their first game back. Uh, I think Holly Aitchison scored the first try um, to get them up and running, so definitely a dominant performance from the Red Roses coming back into the Saudi squad. Yeah, it was a dominant dominant display. There were about 15 internationals in that 23 for Saris, and DMP Sharks surely would have no answer. Ferg, the results from the weekend, you were tracking all the other teams around the country. What did they look like? Yeah, huge weekend, uh, Caleb. Uh, we had, obviously, the Loughborough-Wasps game televised 62 points to 5 in favour of Loughborough. You've mentioned the Sari's demolition of DMP Sharks. I think there's no other word for it. Gloucester Harbury, you've mentioned them. 6-6 six from six already this season. Uh, all thanks to a 52-5 thumping of the University of Worcester Warriors. And it's worth noting as well, we had the sort of big game that turned out not to be a particularly big game because it got moved and Twickenham because of rail strikes. Quinn's women, 48-14 against Bristol Bears. And our final game was Sale Sharks against Exeter. And that was a 43 points to 7 win for Exeter. So some quite big score margins, but the top of the table is really starting to get established now. Yeah, and just on that Bristol game as well, Fergus, I was there and Amy Kane started out. That was her first start back in a Harlequin shirt since the World Cup final. And she scored at another hat trick. So that's, I think she came off in about the 60th minute. So in about 120 minutes of rugby, she scored six tries. And that, that hat trick was in the first half, wasn't it? Yeah, it was first half hat trick, to be clear. It's value for money. Yeah. yeah. Um, and speaking of Red Roses coming back as well, Ellie Kildun was back at fullback and she was just incredible. She did this amazing 50 22. Emily Scott, the 10. Sort of the ball was about to go out, popped it back inside. Emily with this amazing little, um, yeah, sorry, Ellie with a little kick into the corner. Lovely stuff. And they've also signed Abby Dow as well. So that'll yeah. be really interesting to see her in the back line. She's obviously, I'd say, one of the best, if not the best, yeah. English winger at the moment. So. 
Yeah, it's, it's the performances have been interesting. I was tracking the Loughborough Lightning game and the score flatters them a little bit because in patches of those games, they became a little bit more frantic than urgent because they, they were trailing 5-0 and then they came back and then they ran away with the score, obviously. But they had a lot of playmakers in that midfield. You'd expect them to be a little bit more calmer in terms of how they're attacking, but they wanted to get points on the board, so it became a little bit more frantic and the, the handling errors were coming through. The, the Saris game was quite an... It was interesting. I was there down at Stone X reporting on it. Um, it was interesting following the live coverage. It was just try after try after try. 89 points. So. Yeah, your, your match reporting would have been tested for the way you can describe tries. What was it? Nine different tries you had to go and describe or something. And you had to, I was impressed. Getting arthritis in the fingers. Yeah. That's yeah. another one. <laughs> I was following it. I was doing a feature with my mum and she was like, what's the score now? And I was like, oh, it's gone up. Oh, I've missed another like yeah. three tries. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was sitting with um, a certain media manager from a certain club and we were to collude, like, did we miss anything? Did that conversion go over? Because whilst you're doing the other one, the other one was happening as well. But in terms of the season we've got ahead, um, it's round six till early days, Emo. What, are, you, are you having any thoughts on the final four at the moment? We already know which two teams are not making it, I think. At this, it's quite clear which two teams might not be in that final four, but... If you were to call it this early, what, what are your thoughts? So I think Gloucester, Harpier obviously have to be in with the shout at the top of the table at the moment. Um, Saracens, I think we haven't seen the best of them yet so far. They've had some good wins, but obviously they've got all their their red roses back alongside some other international players as well who are also brilliant. I think they'll definitely be in the top. Not sure which way around they'll go. Harlequins you'd like to see, especially with Abidal coming in as well. Some good tries, I think, pending from them. Bristol are fourth at the moment. I think... They have good potential as well to stay in the top four. I'd like to see them there. It'd be good to see a club outside of London maybe win this year. So hopefully um, Gloucester or Bristol can uh, challenge Harry's and Harlequins if they do end up in that top four. Yeah, talking outside of London, we've seen some issues at the back end of last year with the announcement of who's going to be, who's got guaranteed places in the Mm -hmm. Prem 15s uh, for next season. Obviously that includes no Northern clubs. Uh, which obviously it would be great to have Gloucester take the power out of the you know the London zone. We're a bit too London centric in rugby as it as it stands. So yeah, actually it would be great. Yeah, with that kind of removal of the northern teams as it stands at the moment. I spoke to Holly H in the um, Saracen and Red Rose, and she is a northern girl herself, and said that she spoke to Sarah Beckett when it was announced, and they just felt really disappointed with the decision, and they hope that it can be changed. I think there's a lot of disappointment even for those players that don't play for northern teams but have our northern girls and have come through those systems they need to be in place to allow people to play yeah and it's it's an interesting time where you talk about not um centralizing all the rugby in london i had a chat with marley as well and she's talking about how they've never beaten um exit just had a chat with marley you know just a normal weekend at work you know yeah of course yeah um she she mentioned how they've never beaten exeter in exeter so it's going to be an interesting weekend for them this week. And they've got all the Red Roses back, so it could make life easier for them. Ferg, do you think they can pull out their first victory in Exeter, the Saracens' goals? Yes. That, it wasn't a particularly confident yes that I just gave you, but I, I think so. I think they're, they're, on, they're on a bit of a roll. They had a slow start to the season, Saris women, um, but we've just seen them just building momentum over the past couple of weeks. And... Having I 47 red roses in your team helps it as well, does. doesn't it? It yeah. does. And I think particularly when you roll out, I think was, as Matt Merritt said, the death star that was um, that 
that Sari squad against against DMP. Look, they're fully operational and they're going to be able to crush just about anyone in their path at the moment. Yeah, they're fully operational. They 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 did struggle with the with with the wind in terms of their kicking game. But in terms of you, you spoke about Matt and his his thoughts on Sari's. He's he's here with his moment of the week. We're calling it the Matt moment of merit. Well, my moment of the weekend was pretty easy to pick. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, head to Premier 15's Twitter uh, or Instagram and you'll see a clip of Liz Craig uh, busting through the Loughborough Lightning defensive line, going on a run, absolutely bouncing uh, their nine in a fend, um, and then having about three players descend on her to try and bring her down. It's one of those moments that uh, lights up a game, and especially so um, for Wasps, who are having a tough season. They've lost so many of their best players over the summer, um, and Craig was one of the few uh, of their shining lights who chose to stay in place and, and to, to fight to, to give that team a bit of a future. So to see her showing that fight on the pitch is pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, Liz Craig is is my pick for for the moment of the week, and uh, long may it continue. And hopefully, soon enough, uh, it will be in a winning effort as well. Yeah, a huge moment from or performance from Liz Craig rather in that game against uh, Loughborough. They weren't unable to get the result in the end, but a huge handoff, like you said, absolutely disrespecting the, uh, <laughs> the Loughborough nine. Uh, and if you go on the Prem 15's Instagram as well, you'll see a pretty impressive show-and-go or dummy that she also executes perfectly as well. Uh, <laughs> but talking about those teams down at the bottom, Fergus, mm. uh, Wasps and DMP Sharks, they have been struggling and you've been gone and sort of covered their story a little bit, haven't you? Yeah, I think it's no surprise that it's these teams at the bottom. I think with the issues that Wasps had before the start of the season, it's no surprise that there was a lot of the players left uh, because they weren't sure about what was about their future at, at Wasps. They wanted to go somewhere where they were going to be able to play rugby with a certainty. We saw that with a couple of the Saris players. And even less than a week before the Prem 15 season started, there was people still chopping and changing, deciding where they are going to be playing. Um, DMP, we know they, they struggled last season. They're struggling again this season, I think. Wasps and DMP, obviously the two teams that are probably... Or that haven't been included and are probably definitely not coming back in uh, following the, the appeals process in February. You still hope that the likes of, of Sale have an opportunity to come back in. But I think for Wasps and, and DMP, I think the players themselves will realise that over the, next, over the rest of the season, individually, they all have to step up and prove themselves. They can't take... They can't step back and feel sorry for themselves because effectively they're now playing for new contracts at at the new locations next year there's a high chance that the teams that are coming in the likes of Leicester the likes of Ealing they're going to be needing more players to come and join their ranks so this isn't a time for Wasps and Sharks to feel sorry for them by them I mean the, the players they've got to step up and continue to play hard otherwise they're not going to have a job next year it's strange because we've had the same dynamic in a different way in the men's game where we've had two clubs that have um, fallen out of the league and we've had these players scrambling for contracts and we would, we've been talking about it for so long in the men's game about how awful this has been mm. that you've got all these players scrambling to find a contract and I guess obviously it's a difficult situation where we're trying to bring in clubs like Ealing and whatnot and Leicester into the, the league but like you say there's going to be players scrambling around for a contract or, or at least a, a playing spot and that's 
not a nice dynamic to have, is it? No, it's not. And it'll, it'll be looming over them for the rest of the, the season. And particularly that match before Christmas where we had Wasps and Worcester going head-to-head and both of them would find out that they're not going to be provisionally not in, in the league next year. And then you're expecting them to go out and play rugby 24 hours later. We said it at the time, it was a terrible move from the RFU and from the league to announce it at, at that point. And we've now got probably about four weeks or so. We've got about a month or so, I reckon, until we find out the final set league. And given where Sale Sharks are at the moment, they're sitting sixth at the moment, I think, with, with, a, with a game in hand, with the potential to move them up into, up into the top four. They've had a cracking start to the season. I think if we don't have Sale Sharks in the league next year or somewhere, someone north, of where is it Loughborough that's the most northern place at the moment that would be shocking absolutely yeah. shocking talking of uncertainty we also have a section in our podcast that is not certain in terms of its naming <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you want to help us do email us at tw2rugbypodcast at gmail.com it's a section where we go around the table find out what we've all picked out in the news cycle in the Prem 15s the women's game that's interesting or intriguing we start with you James what have you been finding out whilst you've been yeah unfortunately to bring the toe down slightly but it's a topic that's quite close to my interest is obviously the prevailing and continuing concussion story in rugby um i just wanted to point out some work that heather dewar from sportsman has been doing um on the story pointing out the particular case of concussion in women's rugby um she's been highlighting the story that in aberdeen grammar rugby club that players have had to sign a legal waiver to carry on playing contact rugby um, after Chairman uh, Gordon Thompson had concerns over female concussion. In particular, um, just to pull out some some stats for you, 80.1% of all concussion research data at the moment comes from males. So basically, there's a lot more research needs to be done here. And I just think it's a story to highlight. Go find out more about yourself. Go follow, follow Heather Dewar on socials and in sports mail. Yeah, it's not great in terms of we've seen what progressive rugby are doing in terms of um, concussion and trying to keep rugby safe. And we hope that we find solutions that are sustainable for for our game. And we, we all love the game of rugby, but we do understand that it's a contact sport that has that has different consequences on the players. And I've been trolling as well. And one thing I found interesting was my man, my favorite referee on the planet, Wayne Barnes. He's also a TW2 guy, I found out. Mm. He's... He finds himself around this area a lot. That's all we'll say. <laughs> he was he was refereeing a Prem 15s game, and it's the most ball and play they've had in the Prem 15s game when they've had Wayne Barnes refereeing. Mm. So it, that experience does come come in handy when you've done 101 Test matches to to come down and do a Prem 15s game. We all know that they're rated differently when it comes to the quality of of referees they're given in terms of those two different games if you compare it with the other game that we don't like to talk about on this pod. <laughs> so great, great shout for Wayne Barnes for refereeing that game and giving the girls a lot more ball and play than they're used to. And that's all we've got on this first episode of the TW2 Prem 15s in 15 podcast. And don't cry, Alex Reed and Ruven Bleaknot are still part of the team. They're just not on the first episode launch. They'll be joining us next week. As well as Thursday, the TW2 podcast is still around. So listen out for that one as we're still covering all the rugby. But thank you for joining us. And until next time, don't do what I wouldn't do. Stay safe.